Okay, we're back to podcast, and uh, it's Wednesday night podcast, and I hope everyone um, has had a good week, and uh, it's been a hot one, and um, Lord's just been been good to us. Uh, his love and his fellowship <clears throat> has been special this week. I've had a good time in studying and and uh, reading and uh just just enjoying the lord we uh we're going into mark 7 and uh don't don't forget sunday morning 9:30 and uh, we'll be we'll be getting right into the word of god like we do weekly and uh looking forward to that and i always love our sunday morning services do continue to pray for <clears throat> everyone that stands in need of it and um we've got of course, Miss Patty and Miss Rita uh, continue to pray for both of those and the dries as they make their way back. All right, Mark 7 um, has been asked. Uh, we're going to get through July, I think through July. And uh, at that point, I think we'll be able to maybe start with our Wednesday night Bible studies again. Uh, and, you know, on a, because I'll, I'll be gone. Uh, at the the mid month, and we'll let everybody's vacations kind of get out of the way, and we'll get started again sometime in the month of August, and uh, we'll hit the ground running with that with the Book of Genesis. So, uh, just be in prayer and uh, try to be faithful to uh, to to attend at all you can. And so we're we're jumping right into Mark seven tonight. Mark seven is a good chapter, very good chapter. Uh, Jesus dealing with the Pharisees and the dispute about traditions. I have an entire series uh, I preached back in 2009, um, and it is based on this chapter. Now, I go into to a variety of, <clears throat> of different areas and, and preaching on different issues, but it begins in this chapter, and it's titled Family Traditions. And um, traditions, nothing's wrong with tradition per se, um, especially a tradition that is Bible-based. The Bible refers to traditions, uh, keeping the traditions as, as we read in the epistles. Um, that would be the Bible-based traditions. Then there's, there's some that, uh, that, are, that are wonderful. I'm a traditional person. I, 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 I'm would be traditionally minded. Um, the problem comes in when traditions begin to take uh, on a, a meaning and a precedence that they are not ever meant to take on. Um, and there's many. There's there's so many in the modern church that uh, that are. I'll be quite frank with you. The structure of church, almost in its entirety today, uh, is derived from traditions. And uh, there, again, there's not always something bad in in relation to tradition. Many of them are wonderful, um, but they should never be considered the word of God. And that's what Jesus is dealing with here. And uh, he is he is dealing with Pharisees, and it's typically Pharisees. Pharisees is someone who feel like 
it's more than a hypocrite. A Pharisee is someone that holds to a tradition. They hold to a a belief, and they 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 hold it to a standard as if it's the word of God, and it's not. That is what a Pharisee would be. Um, and and there there you can go in many many directions for that. Uh, I've seen me, I, I, you know, in these 20, 28, almost 30 years um, that I've been been in this and saved. And then for the, you know, the 40 plus years that I've been involved with church, even before I got saved as a, as a young man, um, so many traditions that we see without a biblical precedent. And so that's that's what I try to maintain I try to maintain that. Um, and tra- again, traditions aren't bad necessarily. I just never believe in putting traditions above and beyond the scriptures because then you get into Pharisaical territory. And Jesus never had one good thing to say about any Pharisee. So let's uh, let's get into this mark chapter number seven then came together unto him the pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from jerusalem and when they saw some of the disciples eat bread with defiled that is to say with unwashing hands they find fault okay there's your first identification of a pharisee they are fault finders they find fault. It's always something. They're never happy. They're never happy with things they're going. They're always upset. They're always burdened. They always got an issue. They always got a problem. That That is, when you are addressing or you're dealing with a person like that, you know up front that the first thing mentioned concerning a Pharisee is that they find fault. They're fault finders. I never want to be. I never want to be critical, and and be a person that that's always finding fault. Now, if it's if it's in opposition to the scriptures, that's a different story. Okay, if there's a scriptural violation, then it's not me finding fault or you finding fault. That's the word of God finding fault and running in opposition to the subject. But to just find fault and always be someone that that it's it's complaining. There's something, an issue, a problem, something you're finding fault with. Uh, that's getting into to Pharisaical territory. So we see in verse two they found fault for the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding. Look now the tradition of the elders. So it was just taught them by their parents and their parents' parents and those that were before them. It was something that was taught. And because it was taught by people whom we held in high esteem, we held it as being gospel. We held it as being scriptural. But there's a lot of things that that were believed and taught of, of folks that we held in high esteem that maybe, you know, for, I always pick on this one, for cleanliness is next to godliness. We, we've all heard that. It's not true. It's not true. It's not found in the scriptures. And funny, 
the subject matter here is eating with unwashing hands. And your mother may have taught you that. Well, God bless her. But it's not Scripture. It's not Scripture. And to make it Scripture and to hold someone to a scriptural standard when it's not found in Scripture is Pharisee territory. And Jesus never had anything good to say about a Pharisee. Not one. But it was something that they got from the tradition of their, their elders. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not, and many other things there be. Now, I'm interested in that. The many other things there be, which they have received to hold as the washing of cups and pots and brazen vessels and of tables. Um... I'll tell you one, but the marriage situation, especially when somebody in, in my regard uh, or that had found themselves in my situation, uh, it had become a tradition from the Roman Catholic, basically. It's a Roman Catholic teaching, you know, that a, that a man or a woman divorced uh, could never be married again, or uh, if a man was a preacher, could never hold office again, and, and things such as that manner. And... It was a it was an unscriptural precedent that was laid down from the Roman Catholics, and uh, it it had been passed on from from group to group to group over time, and uh, it, it didn't have a scriptural precedence, but it was held to by good men, you know, maybe a good man, maybe a. Uh, a Harold Seidler or John R. Rice or somebody like that. Maybe they held that view and good men held that view. Well, just, just because the man was good or the woman was good that held that view, if there's no scriptural precedence for what that teaching is, then that is a pharisaical belief system. So verse number... Uh, anyway, to go back to verse 3. It says uh, here... For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands off, to eat not holding the tradition of the elders. Now, for many generations, the law had been explained by certain teachers. Okay, And these learned men, they elaborated the commands in, in the Old Testament, and they added to what God had ordained. And the Pharisees came to a place where they paid more attention to these additions or the tradition of the elders than they did to the actual commandments of God. So that's what I'm talking about, where groups of men added to what the Word of God said. Now, it could have been a good principle. could have been a good practice. could have been something wonderful to do or not do. But is it scriptural? Is it a command? Is it something that God issued in the Bible? Um... I know there's sects of, of, you know, Baptists, and I know them well, and some of you maybe know them well, that, that did that with clothing and certain types of dress. Um, you know, from, from marriage to dress, and, and I, I, I remember, man, I remember back in the days, it was facial hair. Facial hair was one. You know, and, and it was just things that, that grew from men that added to the Word of God, but there was, again, no scriptural precedence. And and that being the case, it became a tradition of the elders. It became something that 
did not align with the Bible, but because good men had taught it, it, it began to bear the weight of Scripture. Jesus is against that. And that is, that is the primary. There's a lot of objectives in, in our church and the church we've started. There's a lot of objectives in what we do and, and what we want. But I'd always determined that if I ever had the opportunity or if God ever really moved me in, in the direction of starting a church, that it would not be a Pharisaical church. If the Bible said it, we would align with it. And if the Bible didn't say it, we wouldn't do it. Or if we did, we wouldn't hold it to Scripture. And that's hard for some people. That's that's very difficult for some people. And I've preached on this a lot. You know, and in their mind, a church is, has a way it's supposed to look. Uh, a worship service has a way that it's supposed to go. You know, that you've got, you got two choir songs. You've got one congregational song. You've got... Um, you know, the, the offering passed out. You got the announcements. You got, you know, just on down the line. You got the pre, you got the message, you got the altar call. And it those things have transpired in tradition. But here's the fact of the matter. The Bible never refers one time concerning the order of the service outside of it should be done decently and in order. It doesn't say you should sing first or you should sing last. It doesn't say you should preach in the middle or preach at the end or preach at the beginning. It it doesn't say any of that. It doesn't say you pass the offering plate or you set the offering plate out. It, It doesn't say that the announcements have to be before the service or after the service. It doesn't say any of that. It doesn't say how many times you're to meet. It just says you're to assemble and not to forsake the assembling. You see, but these are traditions that have been grown from men, good men, and sometimes the traditions are good. Matter of fact, a lot of times they're good. Most of the time they're good. The problem is when we hold them to a scriptural precedence. We, we to hold these traditions at the same level that we, we would hold a biblical commandment. And a matter of fact, most people that cling to these traditions cling to their traditions more than they would cling to the, to the commandments. More than they would cling to the word of God. I mean, they can gossip. They can, they can hold. They can find fault. They can, uh, they can hold grudges. They can, they can have all kinds of wicked things in their hearts. But bless God, you better have the service order right. You, you better hold to this tradition. Well, that's what Jesus is talking about here. That's what he's teaching against. And so, as we look in chapter seven. Then the Pharisees, verse 5, and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? So they've got such an issue that they pose this question 
to Jesus about it. We want to talk to you. We want to know why you and your disciples don't wash your hands before you eat. We want to know why you do not abide and follow the tradition of the elders. Notice they don't even say, why don't you have, why don't you follow the word of God? They say, why do you not follow the tradition of the elders? They even admit it. How scary is that? That folks will find fault, not something lined up in the word of God. They'll find fault based on something that has become a tradition. That's wrong. And for people that are of that yoke, Jesus never had one good thing to say about them, and they were Pharisees. Verse number six, he answered and said unto them, Well, hath Esaias prophesied of you hypocrites. So he calls them hypocrites here. As it is written, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He said, there's your problem. Therein lies the definition of a hypocrite. Someone that would speak a religious game, talk a religious game, act religious, put on religious shows, but deep down their hearts were not right with God. Their hearts, in fact, the Bible says, were far from God. Okay? So, let's move forward. Verse 7, How be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men? They're teaching the commandments of men, the traditions of men. They're teaching them as doctrine. That is wrong. For laying aside the commandments of God, you hold the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups and many other such things like ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. He's saying it's got to the place where you're you're actually rejecting the commandment that you might keep your tradition. What was the commandment? The commandment was, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, body, strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. But do you know that some people cannot follow what the, that command says because they're too hung up on the tradition that they've lived their entire lives. Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees here. Verse 10, For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth thy father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corban. Now, let me let me tell you about Corban, okay? Let me, let me get through this verse, and I'll tell you what Corban means. Uh, it is Corban, that is to say, a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. The term Corban here, it means a gift that is dedicated to God. And according to the tradition of the elders, verse 3, if a person wants to make his possession or property sacred, he would simply pronounce Corban over it. And then it would be dedicated to the temple in essence and, and the people, especially the Pharisees, were neglecting their parents by giving their money to the temple. Okay, And Jesus is denouncing them for using what seemed to others as a, as a good act to disobey God's command to honor their parents. So what he's saying is, is, is you're dishonoring your parents. You're, you're not helping take care of their needs financially. Okay, Because that's 
That was the command, okay? I, it's not, it, that was a Jewish command under Jewish law to, to assist them financially. Well, the, these folks were taking it into the temple and they were giving their money to the temple rather than their parents. And, and they would say Corbin over it and say that it's, it's sacrificed to God. It's, it's set apart and set aside for God. So Jesus is saying, hold on a minute. You're breaking the law of God. You're breaking the commandment of God. But then you're saying that what you're doing is dedicated to God. Now, here, here's the issue. People do it every week. But that's been pe some people's entire lives. They refuse to obey what God said in his word and then turn around with their mouths and say that they're following God. That, that's what he's rebuking them for. Verse number 12, And you suffer him no more to do all for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. So traditions can become so steeped they can be so binding and bound and and problematic that it literally makes the word of God of no effect. Okay? I've preached many a service, many a message, many a times, and folks, it has, it has went against maybe what they were taught by a, a favorite preacher that's went against what was taught by even a parent. And it was plain, plain in the scriptures that that's what the Bible was saying. But the word of God couldn't take effect because they held their tradition in a higher standard and a higher esteem than the word of God. Uh, verse number 13, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered and many such like things do ye. So, it, it's not necessarily just the father and mother issue. He's saying you're doing many things like this. Basically, your entire worship ritualistic system is, is based on this. And we wonder why God is not moving in people's lives and churches and services. and why? Because we're binding the literal word of God, something that should never be bound and we're trying to confine it to God's to to our box to put God in our box. And I challenge us to to revolutionize our worship, our lives, our church life, our spiritual life by by learning to love and appreciate the word. I love the word of God. I love what it says. I love what it teaches. I don't have to add a commandment. I don't have to add a tradition for me to appreciate it more. I love the freedom and the liberty that is given in the Bible. And more than anything, I love the fact that I have my relationship with God through His Word. And I don't need a tradition don't even need a build. We, we need His Word. His Word. I need His Word personally. Personally. In personal time. In personal fellowship. In personal study. In personal devotion. And you do too. Alright, let's get down to verse... I think we'll go to verse 23. And when He had called all the people unto Him, He said unto them, 
hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. He says, come, come close to me and understand what I'm saying. There's nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him but the things which come out of him. Those they are they that defile the man. So he's saying, don't worry about that dirt on that cup. Don't worry about the dirt on your hands. Your problem is the wickedness that's coming out of you. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. He's saying you need to hear what I'm saying. When he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning this parable. And he said unto them, Are you so without understanding? Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. And he said, that which cometh out of the man that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men. Now watch this. Out of the man's heart proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye. That's a dirty look. <laughs> blaspheming, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. The Bible says that Jesus is not one iota concerned with our tradition, with our, with our order of worship, as long as it's decently and in order and in alignment with the Bible. He's not concerned with these things that we make to be tradition, as much as he is with what's in our hearts. What is in your heart? And all these things and these sins that he lists, from pride to foolishness to blasphemy to, to thefts to fornications to murders to, to adulteries to fault-finding, all of these things that he lists, he's saying they're a heart problem. They're a problem within you. That is why you do them. Not because you are washed a cup or you didn't wash a cup. Not because you, you hold to some tradition or don't hold to some tradition. Your problem is your heart. May we keep our hearts right with God. This is part one. And uh, we will continue... As we go into Jesus dealing with the Syrophoenician woman and his, his ministry in northern Galilee and so forth. This is Mark chapter 7, part 1, Jesus and the Pharisees. I hope you've enjoyed yourself and uh, we'll be back podcast on Sunday night. Sunday night. Good night. God bless. I love each of you.